to the Tori Sess Show and happy Flag Day. It is Flag Day today. It is President Trump's birthday. Uh, this is one of my most favorite pictures of him uh, because it shows just how important how, mu- how important our flag is. And I've, I've said this before in more cheesy manners. I've said this again and again, but the United States of America was founded on shared principles. And that's what flags are. They identify principles. They are important. Do you know in Latin, the word for banner, right, is vexilla. And flags uh, were carved, uh, and they used to call them um, vexiloids, right? And... The banners that in, in the times of yours, per se, principles and people. And people need to understand that the flag is the only thing that really unites the people of the United States. And a lot are going to say, no, 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 we unite under this. We unite under that. No, it's the flag as a symbol that represents all the values. And so flag day for me uh, is, is a very important one because in order to be unstoppable, you must be united. And the left and socialists and communists and, and dictators and authoritarians, they know just how important a call of unity is. They also know how truth unites, but they also know how emotion can unite and causing shame. You know, we have many emotions as uh, humans uh, say, I feel, you know, there's, um, there's actual research that shows that when someone is feeling sad, that they can die of broken heart syndrome. That should tell you a lot because for every memory you have, for every situation you are in, every conversation you have, every interaction you have either, either in the tangible world or the cyberspace ether, emotion is behind it. You feel something, you get inspired, you motivate yourself or get angry, you vibrate, you move, you flow. And this is something that many people have learned to master in order to command the masses. I see the uh, odd discord. uh, You know, when you guys have conversations in the Tory says chat room, right? There's almost 17,000 of you almost 17,000 of you 
in there. And I look at these conversations and I think to myself, well, that's a lot of people having a conversation as one. Actually, there's 17,002 people. So I, I, I see, I see a lot of conversations and I see a lot of people that have this emotion of helplessness. I also see uh, a lot of people that have this emotion of, uh, you know, just giving up. And, and these are very strong feelings. These are very strong emotions. So weird today. We got 17,000. That's a lot of people talking in one room. <laughs> but um, emotions are what trigger people. You are bound to make more wrong, but also more right decisions when you are emotionally charged uh, because emotion drives your actions. There's always, what do they say? There's always a reason behind actions. And this goes for science too. Uh, you know, I've, I, like I said, and I know I, I, I got actually the last time I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, I got an email from a professor of mine who listens to my show that I'd never, ever would have thought that, um, you'd be out there in the public. You're such a private individual and, um, said any, any thoughts he had of me while I was his student, have been confirmed now, you know, this is like, you know, almost 10 years later. Right. Um, so that was quite funny, but he also got really upset because I still haven't published or submitted for publication that research I did because it was, um, uh, for him, it was wow. Right. And for me, it was like mm, common sense <laughs> and sorry. Um, cause I know he listens, but the, the, the research that I had done was to give an excuse or actually an answer to something no one's answered. Why did plants, if, they, if evolution is the way they say it, which isn't too off because when there's a shift in the toroidal fields, there's a shift in life always. And... I think I shared part of this video that I want to show later on today. Um, and obviously there's audio for those of you on podcasts. And if there isn't, I will um, ensure to give you the 411 on it. But no one's ever asked. Like scientists are so full of science <laughs> that they don't question the status quo. Again, being in the cool crowd, in the in crowd, as they say it, right? But they tell people, well, you know, millions of years ago, plants migrated to earth, to, to, to land from water. And then life began on land. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, we were just going through really intricate stuff. And I said, well, hold on a second. Um, why did they do that? Has anyone given a reason as to why, you know, just like what algae one day was like, yo, I'm so tired of being in this water where we've been for like forever. Uh, I'm just going to move over to earth, you know, to land mass because I feel like it. See, we'd never do things because we feel like it. Um, well, we do, but I mean, you don't just wake up one morning and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to just uh, pop over and just um, go to land. 
even though I have no feet, no roots, no anything, I will just move over to land because whatever. No. Change doesn't come from just, you know, I mean, sometimes there is spontaneous thought, but uh, that's actually divine intervention, not spontaneous thought. But it's not done without pressure, without stress. And while everyone would like to say one day they move, no one gave uh, an answer. No one gave an answer. Well, uh, you know, that's the paper I did. I gave an answer. I made it clear what the answer was. And you're going to be able, for those of you that are in your 30s and 40s, will be at the end of your lives when you see how that pressure happens and what changes happen. And for those of you like myself that may not be uh, physically here to see it, what you'll what you do see is the migration in the power structures geographically to understand it. And I think I said too much on that one for now. But anyway, before we get into toroidal fields and understanding emotion more, I think um, we should talk about discerning fact from fiction. We've talked about this many times. How do you discern fact from fiction? I think we had this conversation about the same time last year and the year before that. And, 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 and. Because you're in the fog of this information warfare. You're unable to discern who's kind, who's honest, who, who's, well, what their motivators are. Because in order for you to understand truth, you must understand motivation. And, and, and this, this is where I'm going back to the whole, you know, emotion trigger. Why did algae just decide one day, oh, I'm just going to go on to land right now because, you know, was just chilling and saying, yeah, why not? So think. Everybody's motivated about something. Everyone needs pressure or stress or a motivator because stress is a motivator to do something. So when you see all these people putting out disinformation, many of them will uh, do it because they are incentivized. You know, their motivation is simply money and that's it. Other people do it because they wish to feel important and um, because they lack in their actual life. Uh, They want to feel that importance uh, in the tangible life as much as they can. And that is their motivator as to why they do it. So there's uh, all of these are driven by incentives. The purest motivator is one that looks after their kin or their kind, the ones that they love. And that doesn't necessarily mean your family only. We must, you know, thinking about it, right, this unity, this love for everyone, 
this no shilling allowed, this let's spread the word because we want to spread the word and everything will come was actually spread by Jesus. And believe it or not, in some shapes and forms, Buddha, you know, you name it, they've done it. Motivators, emotion, and why. Have you ever heard, well, you, you know this as a rule of thumb, most of you that are listening, that within the first three seconds, you can determine if you like someone or don't like someone. And a lot of people have that down to their first impression. Uh, a lot of people have it down to um, how they feel around the person. Uh, and others have it down to the environment that they meet the person in, too. That has nothing to do with what they say, how they look, how they smell. It has all about to do frequency. Uh, as you know, I've mentioned this before, music is a very um, successful mode of transmitting emotion, stimulating emotion. When we're interrogating people, we use death metal, you know, like Lamb of God type stuff, right? Have you ever heard of that group? Uh, really, really hard metal music, let's just say. <laughs> Grungy. Why? Because those frequencies mess with your frequency. They lower whatever frequency you are on. Uh, people that enjoy listening to that music resonate on that lower frequency and they can tune in. Um, same thing goes with people when they meet. Uh, if you're on a lower frequency, you will instantaneously be attracted to a frequency that is more of a circadian rhythm type heartbeat. And this is how you feel the vibe. This is why people were like, yeah, I'm vibing with you, right? Or yeah, I'm getting this. Heavy metal, like super death metal, heavy metal resonates with a lot of people that are on that lower frequency, not because it's pulling them up higher, but it's justifying their thoughts, uh, justifying their frequency. And so uh, if you listen to music like random stuff that you don't even understand that, you know, if you get caught driving in your car, people could be like, damn, you're so weird. I've had that look once. But um, it's kind of like playing that um, healing type frequency. But what I like to say is there's a frequency, um, uh, obviously 432 hertz, but uh, there's music that comes out of uh, the Byzantium type tones. There's Georgian churches, Russian churches, Greek churches. I really like the, the, the Georgian one a lot. Um, but they chant portions of the gospel, singing, I guess, um, and the frequency actually causes me, and, and this is, you know, straight out, causes me disruption. Meaning that if I'm driving and I have that on and uh, I'm processing thoughts or just whatever it is, for the first couple of minutes, I feel irritated uh, because it uh, takes me down a notch on the way I'm processing information. 
I can't explain it any other way. So when the monks begin and I'm listening, I'm just like, I'm really irritated right now. And then it starts to tone it down because like all of us, when we're in the middle of thought process, in the middle of anxiety, in the middle of trying to make sense of what, who, what, when, where, and what's next. Because uncertainty, uncertainty is something a lot of people cannot, cannot, cannot relate to, cannot appreciate. Uncertainty causes more disruption than certain doom. Okay. When you know you're going to be doomed, right? When you know you're going to be doomed, you're better than when you don't know what's coming tomorrow. And the majority of you right now are at that point. I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I can't seem to tune in. I'm a bit upset. Well, let's work on that for a second. Let's, let's think of what it is that you're upset about. And I can, and I can really raise your frequency right now to upset. And this is because you're going to be saying the same questions you're going to be hearing here. You're thinking this too. And I don't blame you. You can think of it, but what you also have to appreciate and make it part of your gospel, right? Your gospel, your personal gospel, what you, how you resonate, how you think is accept, accept the situations that you cannot control. And this is one of them. To discuss this is former Washington Post and Wall Street Journal investigative reporter Ron Kessler. So, Ron, I want to ask you about this cast of characters at the Obama, DOJ and FBI, people like Strzok, McCabe and Comey. A lot of us in the America First movement believe that at the least they had major ethical lapses, perhaps even crimes committed. And yet, None of them have been charged. And in fact, all of them have been rewarded. What I mean by that, Peter Strzok is now a professor at my university, Georgetown, uh, which is shameful. McCabe is at CNN with probably a very lucrative contract. And Jim Comey is a book tour star. Is there ever going to be justice for any of those three or other similar characters? So before you hear the answer, I want to say something. See, see this right here? Just messed up your frequency. Just pissed you off. Just had you say, that's right. Look at all the crimes, not possibly committed crimes. They actually committed crimes. And, you know, I was reading an article by Town Hall last night, um, again, that was saying, oh, you know, everything we have on the Hunter Biden laptop seems to be above board. But see, that's not the point. So was the mafia. They were operating and they seemed like they were above board. All criminal syndicates look like they're working above board. You got to look between the lines. You got to look beyond what people say. And I'll, I'll tell you what, what you're seeing right now is how they gaslight you. This is gaslighting. This is, this is not the way you can solve issues by pointing out that, hey, look at that. He got rewarded. Yeah, it's been happening. Let's not forget Loretta Lynch. And we talked about it before she came back cycle into the news. She was the one that actually uh, helped cover up the HSBC money laundering as U.S. attorney. Okay. Comey was on the board of HSBC when they were caught 
money laundering with the cartels. And they were both fucking promoted. One of them became FBI director. The other one became the AG of the United States of America. Come on. This isn't news. This isn't something to get your panties in a twist. What I get angry with is when they're putting it out there and making it like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Look, nothing's happening. Look, nothing's happening. That's the wrong way about it. This is the problem. This isn't reporting news. Okay. What needs to be reported is look at all these crimes. Now let's fix this because it's been going on for too long. Not, oh, we're not, you know, getting anything done. No, this is what needs to be done to get it done. And if the people and the powers that be like the FBI, the DOJ won't do it, take it to your Supreme Court. What? Take it to your Supreme Court. These fuckers have to make the law. That's where you go. That's how you do it. Sitting there fanning the flames to piss people off is exactly what they wanted. Let me tell you something. Everything they did for four years, they had done before. I've said this before, and and it's such a touchy topic because people get their panties in a twist, want to call people nuts. But I'll tell you what, if you actually knew the origins of what the, the movement that Hitler did and how it evolved, right, but how it started... You would be like, wait a minute, I've seen this playbook before. Yeah, you have. Because he didn't start wanting to kill people. He didn't start wanting to segregate people. He wanted to start by saying, you country, this country, that country, that country, that country, and this one, this one, this one, and IMF, take your shit and go. We're going to look after ourselves here in Germany. We don't need you. That's how it started. And it quickly changed. It quickly changed, almost instantly changed. All you had to do was put the right people around them to convince them that they need to start a war, that they need to point. Oh, look, these are the bad people. Let's do that one. Let's do that one. Wow, the big fat cats are sitting there eating popcorn, laughing. Look at them. They're killing themselves. We'll just let them do it, and then we'll intervene. And then when it got really big, they're like, damn, he's getting really big. Can't drop nukes yet can we i mean well we should test it somewhere else first i don't know man let's just see how far we can take this let's see how big it can go and then and then we'll figure it out yeah that's what happened so all of all of what atrocities happened in the early previous century were always started with good intentions it's these people that get angry. Ah, this isn't being done fast enough. Maybe you should do this. Hey, you know what? President Trump, I can guarantee you there's people that say things like this. Hey, President Trump, you know what? Uh, you know, we're not getting people rounded up fast enough. Let's just get all everybody out on the street with their own weapons to round them up. That's shit that they would tell him. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Let's start a revolutionary war. Let's cross the Delaware and slice them in their sleep on Christmas Day. I'm telling you, this is, this is exactly what's happening again. And they're failing. So instead, they're petting your ears. They've hijacked very, 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 very massive grassroots movements. They're using the media so they can see if they can spark it a different way. They're doing this in your face. The G7 summit was the biggest theater orchestrated ever. Um, the prime minister of the United Kingdom looked disheveled as fuck. He looked like he bought that suit at Walmart and didn't even fit him at all. I mean, they all look crazy. They, they looked a mess. They looked like they were just posing for pictures and they didn't know what they wanted to do. And not only that, they already know that it's a charade. 
right? But they're keeping it up and they're like, what are you going to do about it? And then you have your media telling you this hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened yet because they want you to be like, do it. And it's like, no, we're going to do it. That's why I decided to put out all of these things on Hunter Biden. I don't need to make money on it. That's why I'm using a site that has no ads, right? No tracking stuff, nothing just out there because I want people to take it and read it and understand it. I have um, an article to uh, spin, to dovetail off the Venmo emails. You know, because I saw that National Filed had done a dive and talked about Venmo and stuff, but they got it wrong, too. See, that's the problem when people don't know what they're looking at and how the dynamics are working. A lot of people can put things out that are correct, factually correct, but the undertone of exactly what's going on is wrong, right? So this is the biggest problem, all about to get stuff out there rather than, you know, give it in a way that people understand it, right? It has to be given in a way to understand it. Like there was pure clear as day. And I didn't want to go into too much detail on that because that note was like the, the little point, right? The little point to pounce off on, which indicates the bigger money laundering scheme, uh, which is where most of the money was done which is how they were able to do it, right? So people are not telling you anything of what they have. They can complain very well because they want to agitate you, because they want a war, because the faster you do what they want you to do, the faster they get the white helmets and the blue helmets in here to, to suppress you, to silence you, to round you up and lock you up Well, until they decide that they need goo for whatever crops they're going to be putting. You think that's a joke? Listen to how they're saying, look, what they're saying is correct. But listen to the undertone. Yes. In fact, I believe that the fact that this Durham investigation has gone on for three years means that he is into a major case. Could involve conspiracy charges and uh, a range of other uh, charges. If you look at uh, the basis for the two investigations, one into the Trump campaign, one into Trump himself, they're so absurd. I can get into that. Uh, you have to believe that there was a lot of co- collaboration at the top of the FBI to start these investigations and to uh, corruptly uh, go after Trump. Um, and uh, it's not unusual in a complex FBI investigation involving white collar crime for it to go on, you know, for three years, four years, even five years. Uh, Durham is highly respected by both sides. He's been uh, uh, appointed by Republicans and Democrats. Bill Barr uh, appointed him. Uh, And so I think all of that indicates that we're going to have a major case coming out against top FBI officials who have since left the FBI, of course. Quickly, Ron, I want to play some sound, uh, if I may. Sorry to interrupt you. Former National Security Council Chief of Staff Fred Flights was on one of our programs, The Count. This is what he had to say about the report. In my view, who cares? It's over now. It's not going to have any effect because the election's over. The American people needed this information last November. Do you agree? No effect? I mean, 2024? Well, I think a, a, a prosecution that puts some of these people in jail uh, is going to have a big impact. Uh, forget about a report. 
we're talking about serious criminal charges. The original investigation into the Trump campaign, uh, uh, Crossfire Hurricane, was started because uh, this low-level uh, aide to Trump, Papadopoulos, told the Australian ambassador that he understands that there's some suggestion that uh, Russia may be offering negative information about Hillary to the campaign. Then no, no indication that the campaign had accepted anything, had actually been approached, nothing whatsoever, and yet a criminal investigation was started. And then later, and people don't uh, pay attention to this, after Trump fired Comey uh, and Andrew McCabe was appointed acting FBI director, he started a counterintelligence investigation specifically targeting Trump. He also recommended the appointment of a special counsel. And what did he base that on? In his book, he says, well, Trump said uh, in this interview with Lester Holt, when I fired Comey, I thought about this Russia thing. And then, of course, Trump went on and said, but I knew that if I fired Comey, it would probably prolong the investigation. And guess what? That portion, which completely undercut the whole supposed basis for this investigation, that portion was not in Andrew McCabe's book. He dishonestly uh, uh, did not include that. And then he threw, he threw in, oh, and oh, by the way, Trump uh, keeps saying that it, he's he's not guilty, and Trump keeps belittling the FBI. Ron, we, well, based on that, we've almost run out of time. I apologize. Yeah, we can't talk about this. No, don't. We've run out of time, Ron. We've run out of time. You can't talk about this right now. Here's what you can't talk about. You can't talk about the fact that this Durham report is taking forever. That's a conversation I had with many people in New York, right? And this is why it's imperative that we bring a civil case. We need to bring a civil case, a civil case. And this is what we are. I, you know, I actually spoke with a group of people yesterday that could have been uh, represented in a civil case uh, to because they, um, let's say they could claim damages on what the Bidens did, right? And this has to do business because once you get your foot in the door on a civil case, guess what? You unleash it all. And that's what I've been working on for a very long time. I've, I've tried to put it correctly. You need to leave Durham to do his job. You can't get a criminal case done without looking at all of it. What's the point of saying, I'm just going to get this group of people when the head's still missing and all the little tentacles too? You've got to have them all rounded up into a nice, neat little package. This is very important, okay? This is very important. So while that happens, I know it sounds, sorry, this is not, well, let me put it this way. Do you remember the Seth Rich debacle? Right. Do you remember how any journalist, a lot of them were assets that railed in simple Americans that thought that because they're talking to people that have blue check marks makes them important, right? They got reeled into it. Oh, I have great attorney. You don't have shit. They're not working for you. Huh? So when the Seth Rich thing went around, the civil suit, okay, wasn't done because they wanted them to shut up. Like what kind of parent would say shut up, 
Okay. Don't talk about my dead kid. Don't talk about what happened. Don't talk. About, it's this. I need closure. Shut up. No, I would be like, look, I believe that this happened, but, uh, you know, there's a mass of people that want to say this. If my kid's death can motivate them to find, to prove me wrong, I'm more than happy. Right. Why would any parents say no? It was exactly what I told Gottlieb when he served me. <laughs> on the day that my life was coming twice. <laughs> so weird on the timing, right? And I said, listen, dude, what do you mean? You come to me three years later after I've already given those missing emails to the Department of Justice. I sent it to them. Let me tell you something. You can't come to me right now and ask me to give you shit unless you're doing this civil case so that you can garner information to help represent your criminal clients. See, usually civil cases are done when you want to nail someone for something criminal. So you're hoping that during a civil suit, because you can't find anything criminal, that it'll come out, right? This is, this is, this is what happens. They try to entrap you to say something, to do something because they can't find anything. This is the strategy of the deep state. This is why, uh, you know, when Walmart, you know, was going around coercing people to buy prescriptions from them and not someone else, a little known fact that a lot of people don't know is that at that time, the pharmacies like Walgreens, and I said Walmart, Walgreens, and the Department of Health and Human Services were at a fight. They were having a fight. What was that fight? The fight was, Walgreens, you're going to buy medication from this pharmaceutical uh, manufacturer, and you're going to give it at this price if you want to contract with us, then you can get the Medicare clients. And they're like, well, that's bullshit. If I'm going to take the hit and have to charge less for medications, and you're making me pull out of this contract, um, CMS, which is Center for Medicare, Serv Medicare and Medicaid Services, right? If you're going to make me do that, then I'm going to make money off of, of the way I want to. I don't want to do that. I'm going to tell them to come to me because I'm going to give them free shit and you can't stop me. And I don't need your stupid contract. I'm going to be fine working with the uh, you know manufacturer in Mexico that I've got. Now, here's what happened. They didn't like it. So what did they do? They found whistleblowers and they took them down on a civil matter saying, oh, look, you're trying to coerce and bribe people to get medications. But as we see, the whole nation six years later is doing the same thing. Even the federal government is toying with the idea of violating the very same laws that they that the Department of Justice Civil Division sued them for six years ago. Because they didn't want to play by their rules. These, these are facts. These are documented things. This isn't like, oh, yeah, I'm just saying it. This is factual information. Right? And that's where the problem is. What you need to understand is if you don't play their game, they will come after you. And if you haven't committed a crime, they will come after you civilly. Now, when you have committed a crime, like the mob has, right, and they can't seem to pinpoint it because you've done everything so above board. I mean, the mafia used to pay taxes. They had businesses, shell companies. You couldn't catch them. Could, yep, I'm doing it according to the law, man. Look, I can have 20, 20 uh, you know, shell companies if I want to. My intention has to be there. So how do you get intent? 
Well, we the people get intent. This is where all of you will put your eyes on things. Now, I know I, 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 I put up uh, a batch of emails um, that were the Venmo ones that I exported into PDF. The Burisma one seems to be an empty file. I'm going to look into that. The junk mail one works fine from what I gather uh, when you load it on. You have to give it a bit. I'm trying to go through the information before I export it again um, and package it. Only because I don't want to give you anything that you might feel compromised with. Now, you know, obviously it's just me looking at it. So, because um, the people should see those emails. I saw in the chat, there's a lot of people that are super woke because they got what I was saying in the majority of those articles too. Because one thing we see is that we don't read. So in order to force people to read, I'm going to be dropping the passwords in the article. So I force people to actually read information because people don't read. There were rude people on chat. I don't have the password. What's the freaking password? And it's like, guess you don't read anymore because it's right there. Attention to detail. So going back, circling back, circle back, circle back. How do we fix this? Simple. We fix this. We do something. We don't wait. We don't sit there bitching about someone doing their job in the only manner they can because their goalposts can't be moved. We take control of the narrative. If you don't like the way something's going, then you take the reins and change it. Don't sit there and wait on somebody else to change it for you. That's just begging. That's just begging for failure. Now, speaking of taking the reins of things, as we've noticed, the people have taken the reins of the markets. Everywhere. Now, obviously, you're all seeing this whole cryptocurrency thing, just like I said it was going to happen. And this is done on purpose because, oh, damn, all these woke people, we can't have them managing money. Oh, yes, you can because you're going to have to. Nothing can stop what's coming, literally. So let's take a look at what's going on in the market. You know, money, the shit that really bothers the fat cats. It's the host of Trey's Trades on, on YouTube, Trey Collins. Trey, uh, obviously you've been a strong advocate for what I call the Reddit Investor re Revolution. And, and you know the, the move in AMC, uh, you know, you always say it wasn't about near-term fundamentals. Uh, in the financial media, they still don't get it. You know, they compare it to look at the market cap versus this company and that company. <laughs> tell the world, tell the financial media what this has always been about. What is this movement about? Well, Charles, first off, I'd like to extend a thank you for uh, giving the opportunity for millions of apes to be able to speak out about the culture and story, you know, being written by AMC stock right now. I think they're getting the wrong picture with this, uh, this, this whole segment. We understand perfectly clear that this is not about fundamental value in this moment in time. They're, they're doing this as black and white when that's not the case. This is a message. This is a legacy that the apes are trying to write right now to send a message to the short sellers, hedge funds and institutions who have been blatantly betting against and, and, and frankly, you know, taking advantage of the institution. The, the retail investor, you know, over these past six months, year, five years, 10 years, and, and show them that we are stronger than they think we are. We're smarter than they think we think they are. And, uh, you know, we're better. That's as simple as it is. Uh, and now, of course, you're going to have a second interview with AMC CEO Adam Aaron tonight. Uh, I think the lawyers, by the way, pressured him into that statement. Let's not forget, uh, he made a serious overture to uh, to investors yesterday. I'm pretty sure someone called him up and said, listen, you're going to have to come out with something 
So with that in mind, do you feel like he let the community down with that statement this morning? You know, that's a great question, Charles. I think Adam Aaron does a perfect job of managing the long-term growth of the company as well as paying attention to the short-term of, of what the retail investors are looking for. In fact, I think he sets the bar. I think he sets the standard. It's very easy for the media to talk about that statement that he put out. But what about the the Investor Connect, the AMC Connect that came out that helps connect the AMC investors and reward them for, for following the company? I think there's so many great things that Adam Aaron does to to focus on you know one specific statement that likely was caused to come to fruition because of legalities is is doing him injustice. He, he does a great job. He sells stock at the right time. He's he's generated a lot of cash. Cash is king. You already stated earlier there is five hundred eighty seven million dollars for the company and the stock price is booming. I think that speaks monuments of how uh, how great of a CEO Adam Aaron truly is. Considering all the negative media, right, which is almost all the financial media. How important was it for AMC to sort of climb off the canvas today to just keep everyone kind of stoked and confident? Right, right. So the last six months has, has been a slow windup to kind of the, the the storybook that you're reading right now on the charts. And I think over that period of time, there's been a lot of the retail investors or the apes who have been studying, doing due diligence, crunching numbers. And I think most importantly, you know, emotionally preparing themselves because the last squeeze that, that happened back in January, there was, I think, a lot of things to be learned. And this much time built into now, I think people were emotionally prepared for the sort of moves that have happened here. And to have that momentum continue, obviously, is, is a great, <laughs> a great uh, opportunity right, to right. give some good momentum and, uh, and hype to the community. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to is keeping spirits high, keeping the new apes out there who join the community happy and, uh, and, and telling those stories. I got less than a minute, Trey. Just tell us, what is the end game? You know, so the, the end game this for this, go? Charles... The end game for this is, is pretty simple. We want to send a message to the short sellers that says, look, we, we are the dumb money and we are proud of it. We are here to, to show that <laughs> when, when people do their, their research and their, their due diligence, they can make money. They can call us dumb money all day long and we'll endear that term because people have their own reasons, their own whys, whether it's for, you know, the, the long-term investments of the company, the short term, which is, you know, I think the majority of people, they have stories that they want to be understood and told. And I think that's ultimately what this comes down to is coming together for a, a good cause and, and uh, you know showing the world that look the apes are here to stay they're not going anywhere there's bulls there's bears and now there's apes now let's talk about a conversation that happened possibly allegedly so people have already realized before we get into their conversation people have already realized that censorship is not about um the opinions you put out. It is about the information that people are allowed to have, right? Um, and apes are considered to be uh, less than smarter than them. So, of course, great on, on using that term, but here's how it went. How dare these people think that they can tell us what to do. We let them play with their stupid cryptocurrency, letting them think they have some control, and they come into our playground, right? And tell us how things are going to go, right? Like now we want to digitize the movies. Like we've got AMC, uh, you know, with movie theaters. We don't need that. We can buy them. Amazon's already putting movies out. Bezos is already live streaming movies. You're buying a ticket and you're watching it in your house before it's in the theaters. Theaters are old. We don't need people to have contact. How do we control their information if they get in touch? We need to fix this. 
We don't need them going places. We need them staying where we can control them and watch them. And now they come into our market and they cost us a shit ton of money because while we're trying to devalue AMC so that we get some other company like Netflix, Hulu, Sony Online, PlayStation, Xbox, Amazon, whatever streaming thing you have, they need to buy it. They can't buy it at an expensive price. We need to devalue. Let's short the crap out of it. Oh, no. The people are now costing us a shit ton of money. Harambe's back. <laughs> Harambe. The Harambe movement. You see how I told you there'll be a time of Harambe, and this is the time. So what have they done? Remember when we were talking about the, the oil and gas? It's inevitable that that was going to come out. Right. It was inevitable because I had sent off open source all these, you know, nice little documents. You saw just the presentations that affected the coastal pipeline. But what smart thing did they do? Fuck them. These people are using cryptocurrency. Now we're going to put our asses in it. You know how? Because we're going to show that hackers hacked our infrastructure. We get the money out of it. We put it down on these interns. And then we're allowed to investigate cryptocurrency now because there was an attack on our infrastructure, which is a national security concern. Do you see how that works now? The one thing they can't control is the decentralized coins that are created. Just like, you know, I said those meme coins, like the um, the Shiba Inu, the Kishu Inus, the, uh, the Fed coin, which is the ape coin, MILF tokens, space penguins, you name it, they're out there. They can't mess with all these meme coins because that's your control. And the problem is that with all these meme coins is that you get these big people like Hunter Biden, for example, that, you know, have, you know, peanuts like $5 million and they invest a shit ton in it. And then once it goes up, they sell it and they make money and then they leave you with nothing. So there's a concern on that. Hence why it's important to find meme coins that have a lot of holders. And those that have a lot of holders are the ones that are more stable. If there's, you know, five holders and there's a hundred uh, million tokens out there, right? Then these people have the majority of it and they can drop it as quick as possible. So what people need to see is the decentralization of money, which is what gives them power over you because you give money power, right? Is their target now. They want to make sure that they can control your money. But not only that, they want to make sure they control narratives and spinning things. Now, uh, again, going back to discernment, when you watch the news from wherever you get your news, right? Because I watch all of them, CNN, NBC, CBS, you name it, I watch it. Uh, they tell you what they their version needs to tell you. Uh, for example, Fauci came out and said, you know, when they're attacking me, they're attacking science. No, dude, you are not science. Okay. You are a scientist, right? You are not the science. Okay. Not the science. See, this is what they do. When you're attacking the green new deal, you're attacking our planet. When you're attacking Greta Thunberg, you're attacking autistic people. When you're attacking, you're attacking this. When you're attacking what Israel's doing, you're attacking Jews. When when you're attacking Palestinians, you're attacking all Muslims. When you're attacking, you know, this is how they work, right? 
This is how they operate. This is how they make you see it their way. They guilt you into how, who, what, when, where. Now, I want to point out what CNN is telling you in regards to money. Okay? You need to know what they're telling you in regards to money and in regards to Fauci. Because when you hear what they're saying on cryptocurrency, you understand just how they fixed it all, just how they put together uh, the whole hack, just how they wanted to maintain control of it, just how they wanted to dupe you, dupe you into believing that there was some nefarious action when all they did was pay themselves out. Uh, so they can uh, put it together. I told you there the attack on cryptocurrency was coming, and here it is. Listen, CNN is telling you their playbook. They can't help but tell you their truth. Here we go. Ex-global crisis. Christopher Krebs, the former director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, said last month, that we are already on the cusp of a global digital pandemic. He was talking about the explosion of cybercrime. FBI Director Christopher Wray concurs, explaining that the dramatic rise of this new form of crime has shaken the American security apparatus, much like the 9-11 attacks did in 2001. In fact, the escalation of cybercrime is a far more pervasive problem than terrorism. As we connect more and more stuff to the Internet, all of us become more and more vulnerable to hackers who can compromise any person or business through the web and steal their data or freeze them out until they pay a ransom. The pandemic accelerated the transition to a digital economy and thus accelerated cybercrime. So now he's saying everything we talked about months ago of how they're going to penetrate the crypto market, how the IMF already had its creepy claws into uh, Bitcoin. And now you can see why Elon Musk moved. I mean, come on, emissions. Yeah, I'm thinking of getting Bitcoin again. Yeah, I might make it valid because you know what? The minute he said, fuck this, I'm out. I'm not taking Bitcoin. Suddenly they were like, what are you doing, dude? Now we don't have the cryptocurrency market. We're trying to get a hold of it and you're just pulling out. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll take it. I don't know. But he's more into like Doge and meme coins, which I like because I've mentioned the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? Told you about XRP, which was the IMF's text, test product, right? And now they're telling you we need to get control of this because it's a global digital pandemic. They're going to steal your identity. No, you're stealing on our identity. You're making us get on digital platform. Uh, Obama did that in 2008 when he pushed it through. Right. From 2008, he pushed it through. Right. All of them were pushing it through actually beforehand to push on this uh, cloud service for medical information. Did you remember that happened, you know, at the end of Bush era, beginning with Obama, how they were going to digitize all medical records globally under one cloud? So, hey, if you go and get hurt in Mexico on a trip, it doesn't matter if you don't speak Spanish. Uh, they can pull up your medical records from America and see what your ailments are, if you're diabetic or not, and they can treat you even if you're unconscious. Look, it's for your own good that the whole world has access to your medical information. Do you see where I'm getting with this? They, You need to be watching them because they tell you what their plans are. You see their plan right there. Listen. By one estimate, ransomware attacks 
tripled in the last year. We actually don't know the true extent of this problem because much of it remains unreported. Many companies, large and small, keep mum out of fear of inviting bad publicity, future attacks, and legal consequences. Cybersecurity Ventures estimates that global ransomware damage will reach $20 billion by the end of 2021. Is that how much money which is they need? 57 times the number just six years ago. One CEO who works actively on cybersecurity told me ransomware attackers are operating with a reliable business model. The cyber attackers typically cripple a network, then set a price for the ransom that is high but affordable for the targeted organization, particularly if they have insurance. Once the ransom is paid, the attackers follow up on their end of the bargain. But there is one point in the blizzard of these transactions where law enforcement has leverage. Virtually every cyber criminal demands payment in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. This makes sense because a crucial feature of these currencies is that they are largely untraceable, at least until. That's such a lie, such a lie. Very recently, every successful technology fills some need or solves some problem. What is the need that cryptocurrencies fill? It's not to buy and sell on the web or to move money electronically. All that can easily be done using traditional financial institutions, as well as new interfaces like PayPal or Apple Pay. But none of these can replace shadowy transactions that take place in the analog world the kind where one person hands another a bag of cash. That transaction is inefficient, but secret and largely untraceable. You mean like the money, the pallets of cash that Barack Hussein Obama sent over to Iran in uh, shadowy methods? You know what? There's contractors that know exactly what happened to that cash. There are contractors that know what happened to that cash. Brennan needs to start talking about Malat Bank. Brennan needs to start opening up his mouth because there's emails, Brennan. There are emails, and you can play as stupid as you want. But once those emails go, you guys are all... Beep. So, um, again, listen to what they're saying. It's for your safety. We must control everything. We must control even the decentralized. Listen to us. Listen to us. Look, look. Cryptocurrencies allow you to do something similar, but digitally. No, this is not a matter of a private, discrete payment. Say a man who wants to book a hotel in Paris for a weekend without his wife knowing. There are plenty of ways for that to happen, prepaid credit cards and the like. But with these new digital transactions, prepaid credit cards, really? When you go to Walmart and you buy a prepaid credit card, you buy that shit with your debit card. So then your wife can say, hey, honey, why'd you get a $5,000 prepaid credit card to rent the hotel room in France with a prepaid credit card? Shut up. Who believes anything he says? It's okay if you want to commit adultery, there's still ways to do it. So get out of here. The identities of people involved are being kept secret, even from financial institutions and from the government. But not so secret, it turns out. This week's news about the recovery of a ransom indicates the way forward. The Justice Department and FBI were able to track and recover most of the bitcoins paid by Colonial Pipeline during the recent ransomware attack that paralyzed fuel supplies to much of the East Coast. 
And that's because the CIA has the most amount and the DIA in freaking cryptocurrencies over a vast network. Shut up. Shut up. This was an inside job. They seem to have managed this with extraordinary forensic work, digital savvy, and some good luck. But such success is rare. There is no reason it needs to be so hard. The IRS chief has asked Congress to give it the authority to collect information on cryptocurrency transactions over $10,000. So, you know, for my daughter's 21st birthday, on her birthday, I got her um, uh, $400 worth of um, uh, cryptocurrency. And I got her to get an account with it. Now, here, here, here's what I did. She is obviously working. She's in the military, so everything must be above board. She opened up a proper account. Uh, she got that in there. And guess what? I messed up. Rather than copy-paste, I put in, you know, her... Um, her uh, ID and then what they call a memo because what I got her was um, crypto CRO coin. And this is, you know, in May, right? Um, right before her birthday. Cause I told her, Hey, set this app up to this blah, blah, blah. Right. So I sent it to her and that way she could hedge it and get like a Ruby card. So that way she can start investing. Uh, she's a mathematician, right? She's getting her degree in mathematics. She's finished in December, right? So I'm like, you should take a look at this thing because this is the future. You should play around with it when you have some savings or something. Just take a look. So what did I do? This is why I call bullshit. I put in her memo, everything, and I send her, it was like $401. Um, I even said, love you and sent it off to her. And what happened was, is that I accidentally put an extra zero in the address. She never got that. But now it's June. And guess what? They were able to track it down. They were able to give it to her. They were able to funnel it back to her. Why? Because nothing is secret on the internet. Absolutely zero things are secret on the internet. And if anyone tells you that cryptocurrency is completely anonymous, is bullshit because you have to cash it out with the bank at some point. Yes, you can buy goods from someone by giving them cryptocurrency, and never having to cash it out through a bank. Yes, this is why the Dark Silk Road was so effective, right? Because nobody actually cashed out. But when real people are in there and they're really using cash, you still have to put it through their tangible market. So duh, duh. And it's still a fiat currency. Therefore, billion dollars in crypto and the IRS can't tax you shit unless you pull out money in the real world. So as long as you don't use their money and cash it out your bank, it doesn't exist. This is the problem. They're trying. That's the, the problem. That's all anonymous. And I'm telling you, it's bullshit. Now, I get a lot of people in the chat saying, what should I buy? What should I do? I don't give financial advice. And I don't have but what I can tell you is common sense. Get over. You're watching a movie. This is you stimulate and gaslight the elite by messing up their cash. You see, this is how you fix things. Now, you want to regulate for trans over ten thousand, meaning you pay more money or no money in a year. They should be able to regulate it. 
That would be a good start, putting cryptocurrency on the same level as a bank account, rather than giving it a special pass on legal scrutiny. Many of cryptocurrency's most ardent advocates see it as the way of the future, a decentralized and seamless monetary system that offers an alternative to national currencies. Fine, but none of that requires that it be anonymous. If those broader goals are what Bitcoin is really about, it should stay strong even while its illegal use is reined in. If, on the other hand, the crucial, distinctive, and unique property of cryptocurrency is that it can be readily and efficiently used for crime, why exactly should governments around the world allow this? What? What? What is he talking about? Did he forget about BCCI, HSBC, Bank of America, New York Community Bank? Like, shut up. They're using paper dollars to commit crimes. Okay? They're using hardcore cash, American paper dollars, Swiss francs, uh, euros, yen, uh, you name it. They're using it to commit crimes already. So do we just ban all the money? Do we just regulate? Come on. I mean, come on. Let's be serious. Are we really taking these people? This is why I say it's important that you watch what they tell you because they, they tell you all their plans. They tell you everything they want to do because how do they do it? By putting it in a way of we're looking after you. The IRS should be in your business regardless, whatever. That's it. Okay. That's it. We need to stop dilly dallying and walking on. Oh my gosh. I mean, if your enemy is trying to suffocate you, your enemy is trying to take every breath you take away. Literally. Okay. Literally. I want you before we go on a break. And then unfortunately, those of you that are on YouTube and Facebook, I'm going to have to cut the feed. Not because I don't want you to listen, but because I know that I will be stricken by YouTube and I know that I'll be stricken by Facebook. And unfortunately, I'd still need those avenues because there are a lot of people on those platforms that can't get, you know, their heads wrapped around. Um, Ready, camera one. Hold on. Take 11, Mike. They can't, they can't get their handle around you know, other technology. Okay. That's the thing. Now, I want you guys to um, listen to this final report that we're going to break down together. And like I've said, listening to them tells you exactly what you need to know. Because the problem is, is that what we do is we listen to the people that tell us they're on our side. And all they do is gaslight and parrot and string around the rosy and anger us. Instead, we can go directly to the horse's mouth, see what they're saying, and be able to arm ourselves with the knowledge to discern when they're coming out with it. So here is, you know, Brian Stetler, which we all hear in Mark Dice's voice talking about how Fox news wants to make Fauci public enemy. Number one, actually we made public enemy. We made Fauci public enemy. Number one in March, we made him when president Trump said, here you go. He's your expert. Take it. He and scarf lady are going to tell you everything. That's what you need to remember. Anthony Fauci is trusted and even immortalized in the other America though. He is tarnished and distrusted. Don't remember, this is the guy that told you that Michael Avenatti is going to be great for president. You remember that, right? This is the guy that said Michael Avenatti. By the way, where's Michael Avenatti? Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be coming into circus uh, town at uh, some point in July. But remember who, who these people are. He's, he's not going to tell you about how Fauci, right, 
had killed single black women testing them on HIV medications when they didn't have AIDS, okay? Or HIV, okay? He's not going to tell you that. Just like he didn't tell you how Avenatti had stolen millions of dollars from his clients, how he's on the payroll, how he and Kamala talked about Jesse Smollett. That should be coming soon. Don't believe me? Take a look. The Fauci era is officially over. Right-wing TV has cast Dr. Anthony Fauci in the role of villain. Grouchy Fauci. Dr. Doom and Gloom. Dr. Flip-Flop Fauci. GOP lawmakers are echoing the attacks, showing the feedback loop in full effect. An activist scientist, an arm of the China, China's uh, propaganda machine. It's as if President Biden is a weak target of the anti-Democrat media. So they are assailing Fauci instead. Dr. Fauci. Wait, no, stop. No one is attacking Fauci because Biden is a weak target. Biden's toast. They're removing him. So why bother when you guys are going to remove him too? The problem is Fauci will, huh, when he's rounded up, it will shock the world. Because that is how it had to happen. That is how it had to happen. And unfortunately, huh, it took way too long. So again, they're going to be removing Joe Biden themselves, right? Because, you know, there's going to be like, look, guys, we can't not, we can't make this go away. You know, there's, there's, look, the emails are all out. The whole world can see it. This is embarrassing. If we don't do something, we're, this is an embarrassment. We can't stop this. We can't stop this. Everybody has the emails. Everyone is seeing everything. Everyone is publishing about it. Everyone can pull those emails and have them on their computer and look at everything. There is child pornography. We can't stop this. So you guys need to get rid of Joe, right? He'll just get sick. Like he said, I told Obama I'll get sick and let Kamala take the role. That's why AMLO called her president Harris. People aren't paying attention. So Again, we need to get ahead of this. Whoa, Joe Biden's gone. Well, there. what's the point of prosecuting then? He's gone. Don't worry about it. Let's not look at it, right? That's the way it is. That is the way it is. So he doesn't want us attacking Fauci because the minute Fauci is rounded up, the whole world will be shocked. That arrest will be the biggest boom ever. Oh, wait, I, um... I think, you know, that transcription thing, I have to go back. I don't remember what day it was in April of 2020 that I said when he put him up. These people are going to get rounded up and put on Nuremberg trials. It was it was the time that President Trump had said, oh, well, I, I, I'll have the experts tell you about it. I said to you, the minute he did that, these are the people that are going to get that are going to change everything. Because they are going to be held accountable for what they've done. So this is the mitigation of CNN to tell everyone, don't listen to what everyone's saying. Listen to us. They're trying to make him look bad. Look, it's a right wing thing. This is why Fox is talking about it because they're the controlled opposition. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, no, they just loosen the reins and they're letting him talk. No, they are not. They are playing into their plan to give that plausible deniability. Right. Joe Biden, his presence at the G7 was like, damn, you guys, fuck, we're going to have to clean this shit up. Like, how are we going to do that? How many people are we going to take out to stop this? You can't stop what's coming. You can't stop what's coming. 120 million votes. That is how many people voted for President Trump. You can't stop what's coming. And the minute he gets rounded up and truth is out there and (laughs) President Trump is vindicated. Oh, boy. 
oh boy, things are about to go nuts. So this is them laying the groundwork for the dismissal during the harvest. Fauci has been more politician than physician. Fauci's voter registration shows he is affiliated with no party. He's worked for Democratic and Republican presidents, but now he's become a Republican boogeyman. His emails are a new excuse. Sean Hannity claiming that Fauci said one thing about the lab leak theory in public and another in private. These emails provide growing evidence. Fauci was warned and Fauci repeatedly, consciously downplayed it repeatedly. Again, the email leaks, they were all part of this freaking orchestration. Pay attention. Now they come out with the leaks. Now everyone's talking about the Fauci emails. You think it was just happenstance, happen chance? No, it was all planned. Okay, we got him in. Okay, we got everyone. Now what? Well, we're going to leak the emails. We're finally going to give them the emails. That way they focus on Fauci and not on Biden. But we're going to stop the whole Fauci thing as well so we can save face. It's all part of the fucking plan. Just just listen. Routine emails portrayed as scandalous. Where have we seen this trick before? Ah, yes. Axios calling Fauci Trump's new Hillary Clinton. A Freedom of Information Act request revealed Fauci's emails from March, April 2020. And one email out of thousands showed that an executive with ties to China's Wuhan Institute of Virology thanked Fauci for saying science supports a natural origin of the virus. The origin is still being probed by Biden's administration. And Fauci is saying that bad faith actors are taking his words way out of context. You can misconstrue it however you want. I said that I think the most likely origin is a jumping of species. I still do think it is at the same time as I'm keeping an open mind that it might be a lab leak. Keeping an open mind? What an original concept. These GOP lawmakers' minds are made up, as they call for Fauci's resignation, thereby providing more content for GOP TV. Your job, I think he should be fired. He should go. Dr. Fauci has blood on his hands. But Fauci is not taking it all in silence. Fauci asserting that the hits against him are attacks on science. All of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Some- if it was fundally, fundamentally based on science, then remember that little story I told you how I was with that South American in that you know, seminar that we took which, where we would look at New England Journal cases. It, it was actually a one credit seminar that I did at the College of Medicine. And basically we would evaluate, evaluate cases that were in the New England Journal of Medicine. And if you end up in that journal after you're dead, it means that your case was so complicated that you died because they couldn't figure out what you had. And so I uh, spent a lot of time with this guy talking and just listening. He's an epidemiologist. And um, he was doing, uh, he was looking at the correlation between AIDS and malaria and how people that were on the malaria drug that had sex with prostitutes that were HIV positive weren't getting it, uh, indicating that hydroxychloroquine naturally blocks viral infections. Um, so, you know, Fauci knows this quite well. Fauci knows this. And we talked about this last year in March before the lockdowns. Okay. So I was... You know, you can't come out and say this because then people cancel you, right? You can't say, oh, you know, I said what I said. And at that time I had so many ears. Now people going back can see shit. She knew what she was talking about. Why weren't we listening? Because 
there's incentives for that, right? <laughs> That's the way it goes. So listen, if he wants to talk science, he could have brought that up because guess what? Guess who was funding that epidemiologist that brought him all the way to South America to get his PhD done? <laughs> That's right. It was Fauci's group. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, and there was pushback against me. And that, of course, garnered even more scorn. <laughs> he can speak for himself. He's always got a place on Nicole Wallace's show where she'll tell him what a great man he is. So what is this all about? Are they trashing Fauci to rewrite history and redeem Donald Trump, excusing the former president's pandemic failures? Is it bigger than that? With me now is Amanda Carpenter, CNN commentator. Pandemic failures, even though all of them said don't lock down for China, right? Okay. Tater and political columnist for The Bulwark, and Oliver Darcy, our senior media reporter. Amanda, is this just creating content for the GOP media machine? What's going on? You know, some of these attacks are certainly overheated, but there is a vibrant and legitimate discussion about what happened during the pandemic. And Dr. Fauci is the face of the pandemic. People have questions about the way things were closed down, vaccines, uh, even the lab leak theory. And I think it's good that Dr. Fauci has been a public messenger, but he has had some missteps that have made people on the right extremely upset, you know, sort of misleading people about masks early on because he wanted to preserve them for first responders, uh, misleading people about the number of people to take for herd immunity. So there, there are. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you catch that? Did you hear that? See, because if you listen to them, did you guys catch it? Let me look at the thing. What did she say that Fauci did? Key. See, this is the problem. We don't listen. She said that Dr. Fauci misstepped in regards to the masks because he wanted to mask to have them available for first responders first. So fuck the American population. We need to have the masks and save them for first responders. You understand? You were not important. The first responders were the hoarded masks. Remember, Apple was stocking them. Facebook was stocking them. Pay attention. Pay attention. You listen to them. They tell you everything you need to know. And the right-wing media is clearly playing out this script the way it has to. This is how they're making it political rather than factual. This is the problem today. The problem is they're not laying out facts. They're telling you what you want to hear. The snarky commentary, the nice, oh, yeah, right? That's not what we give a fuck about. What we care about are the facts. And the facts are they lied. The facts are they didn't want the lockdown. Facts are we still have Pelosi on video in February saying, why in the president locked down China? We love China. Let's go. Let's go make some wontons. Wait, no, some fortune cookies because the big fortune cookie machine is right here in San Francisco. Remember? How he said you don't need masks. And then it's like because they were hoarding them and Barr said, hey, I'm holding you all accountable if you're hoarding shit. And then we have the toilet paper scare. So people don't focus on masks, but focus on wiping their asses. That's what they did. This is what the media is doing to you. Can you see the controlled opposition? They are helping them uh, give that narrative. They are helping them. Yes, it's so much fun to mock them. Yes, it is. But they're politicizing truth. You can't politicize truth because it's no longer truth. Truth. We talked about truth. That video I did with Millie where I wore that mask on my head told you everything that was going to happen. Every single thing that was going to happen, Millie and I told you. Yet we are the most banned voices there are out there because both sides hate us. But see, this is the problem. 
While they try to mesmerize you with snarky commentary and pointing out the misdeeds and the problems, and while the others are saying, look, they're pointing out the misdeeds and problems with a lot of hate and da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, you know, you're missing the truth. You're missing the truth. The truth is none of them wear masks. The truth is all of them know this is a farce. The truth is I told you about the lockstep. Whoa. But that was deleted too. The truth is this is what they want for you not to be able to discern real people, real voices. They obfuscate everything. Everything questions there shouldn't be some criticism and when he comes before the camera and sometimes he adopts this posture of well you're not criticizing me you're criticizing science mm-hmm. well no you are a public health official he can answer some questions and so i think when he takes that really defensive posture that just invites all the more attacks well criticism fair but then oliver a headline saying arrest fauci that just shows how yeah. fair criticism goes to an unfair extreme place Totally. And, and it's one thing to criticize someone and, and have a, a, a debate that's fair. It's another thing to say, like you just played, you know, he has blood on his hands. We should arrest him. We should prosecute him. We should throw him in jail and throw away the key. And that's sort of what you're seeing uh, really saturate right wing media these days. And it's, yeah, then it's you're really, really in like a fantasy land because that's never going to happen. So it's like a fantasy is the bigger picture, Oliver, that when Biden attacks don't stick, when attacks that's against so Biden happening. don't stick the Fox world finds new targets because you wrote in our newsletter this week, uh, the critical race theory is an obsession of MAGA media an obsession of Fox. It's talked about constantly in right wing TV. So is that an example of moving on to a new target? I think that's right. If you do watch Fox, if you pay attention to the right wing media uh, landscape, you see them more, more likely looking at other targets. Uh, it's not so much Biden. It's it's going after critical race theory. It's going after Fauci. And, and look, like Amanda said, there are some uh, room for debate here. You know, it, it should be debated in, in, in good faith. Yeah. Why aren't they attacking Biden to make this easier for us when we get rid of him? Damn, we're going to have to make him sick. And then we have to excuse as to why people aren't wearing masks. But then the president got really, really sick. Losers. 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 You don't get to dictate the script. You may have written it, but the people are changing it. And they want to change it. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's taken a very long time to get them on the right page. Um, And critical race theory could be one of uh, those aspects. But the problem is that you don't see that in these uh, uh, in right wing media. It's really just about attacking. It's it's demonizing and it's uh, not conducive to a to a good debate. Well, Amanda, what is going on with CRT? What is the the what is the core of this sudden I've seen people call it a moral panic? Well, you know, listen, it's been very popular, I think, traditionally over the past few decades for uh, the conservatives and the right to mount opposition to school curriculum, right? Like we've had uproars over Common Core and the school curriculum has changed a lot in recent years, not because of critical race theory, but in sort of adopting more inclusion when it comes to black history. I've seen this with my children. I, yeah. I have no I do not think critical race theory is being taught in schools, but there's certainly more discussion of race. And so I think when that's bullshit. My kid had to read a book to be ashamed of her skin color. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Teach America is an operation that's paid by people, by one person who actually is on their board, right? Who was a wanted terror. She was actually done in for domestic terrorism in the 70s. That's bullshit. 
critical race theory is trying to make you feel ashamed of your color. And there's people that are like that. I mean, you know, I was actually thinking, okay, take it. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on the air. Okay. So you know how people get triggered when people use the N word because they give it merit, right? In its weight. Well, um, if a lot of people don't know, and those of you that speak Chinese, they know that the N word is used as a word in Chinese uh, when they're thinking, right? I, I kid you not. And they do use it. And I thought of, <laughs> of making a video of all the Chinese news uh, clips where they use that word <laughs> when they're thinking because they're like, they say the word, you know, when they're thinking. And I'm like, I should do that in like clips <laughs> to then say, look, the Chinese are racist too. They use the N. This is what, how ridiculous it is. They can, they can have it in music, right? And it doesn't matter what color you are as long as they like and approve of your music, right? And, you know, the, the, the word is actually derived from the river Niger. That's why they called the slaves that word because they came from Niger, right? That's where the tribes were selling their own people to the men showing up in boats, collecting them. So, you know, that's where that word comes from, the river Niger. But anyway... You know, you should be ashamed of your color regardless. And you can't use any words because we said so. And regular people see this on TV, Fox blaring. This is this dangerous theory that's being adopted that teaches your children to hate others. They sort of translate it that way. And so it is getting some traction. We'll see how long it'll last. But you do see these cultural issues bubble up. I mean, first it's Dr. Seuss, it's uh, uh, Mr. Potato Head, it's critical race theory, it's transgender bathrooms. These things can be can have a flash in the pan quality. I mean, what I hear is a bunch of white people saying, don't talk about race, don't talk about race, it yeah. hurts. That's what I hear, but that's just me. And yeah, that's just you. You don't count as, oh my gosh, Pillsbury Doughboy. It's like the evil twin of the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't know, it's just me. Okay, talking about uh, narratives in right-wing media, Oliver, Vice President Kamala Harris. A narrative for many, many weeks on Fox was, why won't she go to the border? Why won't she have a press conference? This week, that narrative moved over to NBC, moved over into the rest of the media uh, during her trip to Mexico and Guatemala, didn't it? It did. It, and look, again, another area where, look, Kamala Harris did not perform well in that interview with Lester Holt, I think she did have some media messed this week. But the focus on Fox has really been to, again, demonize her. She doesn't care about you. She doesn't care about the Americans or, on the border. She and, and she's not even going to the border. And this is a, you know, every hour they're, they're, they're looking to really demonize her, not Biden, but her. And I think that's uh, the, the media story here is, you know, again, fair. It's fair to criticize her uh, on this thing. But it's really just saturated uh, right wing media in a way that, uh, you know, it places a lot of maybe too much emphasis, you know, right on this media messed up instead of some of the bigger issues. Yeah, because we've got AMLA on our side. There's a lot of countries that um, are really on board with how we're flipping scripts. So, you know, Kamala failed. Guatemala greeted her. We did a great job there, right, with Trump won. Uh, and she was very rude to Univision. She hasn't answered questions. She won't go to the border because the minute she lands there, damn, damn. That cartel stuff is really going to drop quick. This brings me to a quote uh, from a source that I included in the new paperback version of my book, Hoax. Uh, it's at the very end. It's in a chapter about... Nobody wants to read your book. Nobody wants to read your book. I don't want to look at his book. Next. A right-wing Trump 
focused media that built up that are in desperate need of content. This is why they latch onto the things like CRT, Kamala, whatever they can get to attack. And it's dominant. They push Fox further to the right. And it's just it's, it's sort of interesting to watch. Now, here's the most interesting story that I read this week. In the- and again, Fox News, The Hill, CNN, and all of these all use clear force. Media business world. CNBC reported that while Lachlan Murdoch, son of Rupert, has been running Fox, the other son, the brother, James Murdoch, has been donating even more money to Democratic candidates or Democratic causes than we knew. We're talking. So these are the media versions of the Fonjul brothers. Okay. Tens of millions of dollars. The headline there, $100 million from James Murdoch going to fund political causes. And by the way, there's even more spending than that. This is just what's been showing up in tax records. Oliver, it's impossible to hear this and not hear the music from Succession. The idea that the liberal son trying to undermine the conservative brother and the conservative father. Is that what this story is about? It is. And he's using his own, the money that was made through this Fox machine to right. undo it. That's, that's what's even right. the most remarkable part about it, right? He's using the Fox money to undo, or, or at least try to undo, uh, some right. of what Fox has uh, put into place, which is exactly. astounding. It's, and we're just going to see more and more of that from James Murdoch. All right, last headline to show, this is from Axios. This is about the father. This is about Rupert and what he's doing, lobbying Congress, because Rupert apparently wants Republicans to back these tech antitrust bills. He wants big tech taken down. But Oliver, isn't that just in his business interests? It is. And so anytime you see Fox attacking big tech, uh, again, not that there aren't legitimate criticisms of big tech, but it's really difficult to ignore that this does play into Rupert Murdoch's own business interests. He has a business interest in demonizing big tech and getting them broken up. And and so when you see that on Fox or in the New York Uh Post or the Wall Street Journal, it's difficult. Think about uh, what's going on there. Yeah. But Amanda, at the same time, there is a bipartisan consensus growing about Big tech. I mean, it is remarkable when Rupert Murdoch is pushing for the same things that a lot of progressives are. Yeah, I mean, but the right and the left have completely different ideas as to what to do about it. And the right, you mm. so, sort of see to push for preferential treatment. Um, on the left, you just want to see a need to break it up completely. So while there is agreement on the problem, they're on completely different planets when it comes to the solution. Yeah, so we're just going to leave it at that. Here's where we're going to take a break, and I'm going to have to like turn off the other networks that I'm streaming to. So make sure you get to um, uh, Twitch or Trovo. The other ones are going to be disconnected. We're just going to have a short intermission uh, with some music while I get that done. Start with Washington first in the second row, please. Michael, put up your hand, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Michael Greenbaum from the Washington Post. Thanks very much for this. Um, I, can I just ask? Uh, can you compare your experience at the summit uh, with the U.S. delegation to um, your experience uh, with uh, at, at summits with President Trump? Huh. So I thought I'd start it off with that. So the NATO took a swipe at our president took a swipe at us. I mean, Macron said it best. It feels great to have a president of the United States that's uh, in the club. Ah, so Weipo, obviously, right here, adding some salt to that. 
Um, and was President Biden able to tell you anything that convinced you that Trump or another Trump-like figure won't be back in the White House in a few years and swing the United States back to a more confrontational approach to NATO? Thank you. It is different. Um, then I think that the important thing for me now is to convey a very clear message that was also conveyed in the meeting today, that all allies welcome the strong commitment from President Biden to NATO and the bond between Europe and North America in NATO. And that in return, all uh, the other allies, Canada and Europe, uh, express the same strong commitment that we have to stand together uh, in uh, NATO in a more a competitive world. That's the important thing. I welcome that. That was the message from President Biden when I met him in the White House a week ago, and that's uh, uh, the message from President Biden and his administration today in the summit. Then I would like to add the following, and that is that I think what we learned over the previous four years was the importance of strong multilateral institutions in uncertain times. Because NATO as an alliance as my favorite. Like a boss. Oh, bitch, get out the way. That's get out the way, bitch. It. Get out the way. Oh, that's bitch, it. Get out the way. That's get out the way. it. That's the type of leader we want. So that's the type of leader we want. A leader that they fear. A leader that's not a lapdog. A leader that stands for us. Yeah, it was different. Because Biden being there, Biden not being there, didn't really matter. He just was a yes man. He didn't even know where he was. He would have probably told you he was at home or at some, you know, basement. He can't even tie his shoe. He's going to represent us. Stop. Stop. So now let's get to truth telling. A lot of people give me a lot of crap for liking a few people, and I adore a few people. Well, a few of those people are obviously Laura Loomer, who I simply adore. Uh, believe it or not, Gavin McGinnis is someone I really, really like. I like what he's doing. Everything he's done, people have fucked it up for him. He started Vox, fucked it up for him. He was part of the Proud Boys. They fucked that up for him too, right? I like him. I like him specifically, that one person. I like him. I like him. I also love Milo Yiannopoulos. I still don't get it, but damn, I want to have dinner with that guy and sit there and just whatever, just, just talk. Because you know what? I love the way he trolls, okay? I love the way he trolls. So while a lot of people are like, this is, nah, 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 I really don't care. I like him. Uh, Laura, I adore this woman is being distracted by many because she is a very effective voice. They don't like it. They can't attack her. So they'll find whatever they can. Gavin McGinnis, I love. But like I said, anything he does, anything he does, right, anything, they tend to take and fuck it up for him. So uh, I saw that YouTube uh, that there were YouTube videos of uh, Milo and his most amazing troll lately was, you know, putting out an image of um, his kind of like travel setup of, you know, his religious books or whatever. But he slipped in a book. There was a book in there 
that got them trolling. And again, it's the same usual suspects that troll, right? It's the same ones that troll. They like to troll little things. They'll find something and take it and run with it. And they look like idiots when they do it too. I mean, it's like, dude, get over yourself. It's like Jared Holt's, you know, Will Somner. Will Somner's just in it for money, of course, right? Because he's writing a book now. So he's got to be an expert at Q. <laughs> Oliver Darcy. I mean, that guy, he's got, you know, from his eyes, I can tell you that he's got some serious diabetes issues. I mean, that's what I would assume. I'm not his doctor or anything. But um, they all foam at the mouth. It's the same usual suspects. So I thought we could have a little bit of fun listening to uh, Milo reading... <laughs> <laughs> just just listen to what he had to say. Let me make a confession first. And this might come as a shock to some of you. But I've been known on occasion in my life, I've acquired a reputation, let's say, as a bit of a troll. No, oh, really? Yeah. You, my love? Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. So every once in a while, I like to do something that I know they won't be able to resist. And so when I tweet, uh, I posted, tweeted, it takes me back. I did not tweet, obviously. When I posted on Telegram a picture of my hotel room altar, which is the little setup I take with me. Uh, you saw the crucifix the other day, I think, in a segment about homosexuals. Uh, when I, I take with me my Bible stand, my crucifix, uh, my, my Bible, of course. Uh, there, there we go. There's my, there's my uh, hotel altar. Uh, my America First hat, a lovely knife. Uh, I've got uh, a, a missile because I'm a, a dirty papist. I've got my uh, gay conversion therapy literature. Um, I've got uh, some ver various other things going on. A lovely, um, by the way, 11th century uh, book by, I think it was a cardinal, uh, uh, Book of Gomorrah, which uh, explains what, how to identify and what should be done with uh, priests who are into little boys, which is a fun, it's a fun bedtime read, a little bit of light reading. Anyway. You might also see there a spine, which only really a liberal would recognize because no right wing has ever really read it. Right, and, it so and it is. It's the red book there in the middle. It, it the is. Screen. And I brought it with me today. Um, it's called the Turner Diaries. Now, as you can tell from the unbroken spine and perfect condition of this book, I've never read it. I just bought it off Amazon to annoy liberals uh, because this is a, a fairly badly written, as so I'm told, novel, which is uh, reputed to have inspired uh, various people who have wandered into places with guns. Uh, I don't personally believe in banning art because it inspires bad people to do bad things because I think they'll find any old reason to do it. Uh, and I think they're, they're, the fundamental motivations go a lot deeper into the earth and come from a much warmer place than a printing press. But let's be honest. I mean, you know, this is like the inverse of Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. So if, you, yes. you, if, 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 if you've heard of Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, and if you're a right-winger, you have, because right-wingers are obsessed with it. I think every left-winger, every Antifa activist goes home at night and lovingly rereads Rules for Radicals. No left-wingers ever even picked it up. I mean, it's something that right-wingers are obsessed with that left-wingers just don't even know about. Uh, this is kind of like the right-wing equivalent. Left-wingers are obsessed with it. They know it on site. They know that the colors. So even I thought, though they never read it. They well, don't nobody's know. really yeah. read it. But, so. uh, but I, I slotted it under a book, uh, under uh, uh, Nicolosi's uh, book, uh, Joseph Nicolosi, who's the founder right, the of, uh, of the reparative therapy and conversion therapy. Uh, you know, so I was, I was, I was, uh, well, I was a, it was a spread bet. <laughs> it was a spread bet. I didn't know quite what they were going to, what they were going to, uh, quite which um, uh, bait they were going to take. But this is always a, this is always really good. Anyway, as you can see, I, I've never... Let's be honest. I mean, only the most depraved, reactionary, revolting, uh, 
uh, hideous, violent right-wing terrorist would ever have actually read this. I mean, no one's read it here, have they? You haven't read it? No. Uh, Doc, you haven't, haven't read it? I've read it. <laughs> I read it back in 1996. It didn't quite go as I planned. I have read the Turner Diary. Diaries. Is it, so. is, it, is it as bad as everyone says? A badly written novel is what it is. After you finished it, were you compelled to uh, go out and take an AR-15 to a local no, high school? No, I was compelled to... Never read it again. Yeah, okay, it. very good. It's not that good. Very good. And, but it is uh, uh, something that seems to read a lot of passion of... Uh, only people. among leftists! Yes, only among leftists, leftists who have never read it. All right. Who, and if they would read it, they'd go, this is dumb. Uh, <laughs> but Jared? The, the, the idea of the book is there's a nuclear war that takes place, and then afterwards there's a race war uh, that starts up. And, it, you know, uh, it's a bad sci-fi movie in a book, but somehow uh, this book has been blamed for everything from uh, chicken pox to uh, 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 every <laughs> terrorist attack uh, that has happened over the past 20 years or so. Uh, the left will take uh, the Turner Diaries and bring it back. If they want to attach the right wing to any event going on, they'll say, well, you know, uh, it, it's the it was Turner, the Turner Diaries. diaries. And it so, was a, listen, so, so you had this on your uh, table I, I, here at the let hotel. Me, let me just make completely clear that, um, by the way, there's only one book that has the kind of power to, to, to change hearts and minds and make people uh, change their, you know, to, everything about how they live and, and make extraordinary change in their life. And we all know which book that is. And that's it is the word not, of God. It is not the turn. No, oh, sorry, I was going to say dangerous by Marley and <laughs> It is. Um, it right. is really rules for radicals. That's what the Well, yeah, except no one on the left actually read that. It's just, it's just like a, it's like a, it's yeah, like a, a right-wing fever dream anyway. Well, maybe I'm wrong. You could write recently at a conservative conference. And, and the reason I'm sure Showing you this is I want you to see just how pathetic and small and meaningless these people are. They have the, they, these people who are big names on Twitter. These are liberals who strike fear into the hearts of Ronna McDaniel yeah. and that make her deny their own belief system. In Ronna McDaniel. <laughs> McDaniel. <laughs> Mittens Ronna. Right. That's what we should call her. She's the Rona virus of the freaking GOP, right? She totally let the RNC get hacked. Stupid clown she is. But I wanted to show you this because, you know, here's where you see people on principles. And I'm going to show you another clip. Two of them, actually. I'm going to take you back in time to me and Bergie and then back to Milo. In order to be popular with their enemy. I want you to see just how sniveling and wretched and pathetic these left-wing uh, uh snitches who spend their entire lives taking the bait we lay out for them because they're idiots i want you to see just how sniveling and pathetic these people are in real life so i'm going to hand you over to my, my dear my dear good friend um uh, gavin mcginnis who ran into the aforesaid fired jared holt just before he'd been fired at uh, a recent republican conference here it is hi welcome to the gaylord oh look there's will summer hey will you hey will you piece you tattletale that's your career. You're a tattletale. Nice job. Nice legacy. You know what? I hope you are a Fed because at least that'll be interesting. What are you, security? <laughs> Pencil leg security? Oh, there's Jared Holt. Look, it's the squad. <laughs> Look at these horrible, weak losers. Look at these human beings. Their whole job is being a tattletale. What a bunch of losers. 
What a bunch of c Nice legacy. Nice cannon. Nice background. F***ing losers. Anyway, we're here at the Gaylord Center where Jared feels right at home. <laughs> I know you have a relationship with... Can you get that on my face? No, I'm just trying to hear the question. Hey, Jared, can we ask you some questions? No, you're going to have to contact my media person. Oh, you don't oh, do it? He has a media person. Why? Because I just have a symbol. I just don't understand why you're so obsessed with white nationalism. Is that your beat? I can't do an interview. What about the Aryan Brotherhood? Do you investigate them? That sounds like some bonafide white nationalists. He has a You look so weak. You know what you look like? Someone has a glass of water and they just put in like four drops of milk. You just seem to have this sort of sad acquiescence to you. You just look like you could just spill all over the ground. Are you gay? I used to know this. I'm so unhomophobic that I forgot. We're done? All right, where are you going? Probably talk to his media person. Now, look, I, I understand Gavin has a mouth on him, and if you manage to lip-read some of that, I apologize for your uh, uh, frazzled nerves. But the reason that I played it is the second half of it is divine. Um, Gavin has a real uh, turn of phrase, doesn't he? Um, but look at how wretched and sniveling that these people are. And uh, you'll have to talk to my media liaison. You're a blogger. You're a blogger. You write words on the Internet and hit publish in WordPress. What do you mean you're a press liaison? Anyway. Yes. Yes, Those are the people yes. that Ronald McDaniel, that the leaders of the Republican Party are, are running scared from instead of proclaiming the truth, the <laughs> good news, instead of confessing a faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, We're now, trying to appease them. And which course, appease yeah. them. Now, I just have to say, that was awesome, right? So now I'm going to take you back and talk What have I told you? The, the thing that I love watching, so sometimes if, if I have a television on, I kid you not, I watch CNN when they're doing the news and I look at their titles, okay? Their titles make me die of laugh. Chief legal da 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 correspondent or executive uh, speak to my media liaison. I can't, I can't, seriously, I can't. Sometimes the stuff they say, you know, they say it with such conviction that you're just like, Oh my gosh. Did he just say that out loud? Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm I, like, I'm crying. Okay. I I'm just, <laughs> so now I'm going to remind you of a show. Um, I did, I'm going into my archives of, um, Twitch quickly. You guys, it's, it's really important. We see this portion quickly. Here we go. Let me unmute. Oh. <laughs> Second of all, it's just not sex. Okay, not. when I came back the past two months, yeah. Um, In my house? Yes, but it was, we've been talking, having emotional attachment. I'm falling in love with him. He's Ooh. telling me the same. Is he? Yeah. Oh, is he? watching him behave here why you've got you're a smart woman you're not going to sit there and say this is what i can have in life a guy that plays you like that so we're going to be talking clown show today so i thought it would be great to just pick one of the most cringiest jerry springer episodes to open and then kind of bring you back home to 
all seriousness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why do the dudes always look so like, come on, are you guys seriously fighting over this guy? Like seriously though. Um, so <laughs> it's like, so it's going to be a Jerry type episode, but it's very serious. So, um, I wanted to share with you one of since Tom McDonald says that there's no, you guys can share my music and do whatever. I'm going to show you one of my favorite songs that he's ever put together that not a lot of people know about. And proud boys leader Enrique Tario was an FBI informant. So uh, when we're talking about infiltration, it's um, quite a big thing, right? Enrique Tario is the leader of a far-right group, but he was also an FBI informant. Um, and if you remember, they arrested him uh, the day that I arrived. Remember, he was being arrested at the airport while I was there. And so that was quite yes. interesting um, because when I was being when I was leaving the airport, he was getting arrested and they were saying it was about burning a flag. Everyone, um, you know, kind of just, uh, just, you know, thought it was, oh, this, you, were you with me at the hotel where Matt Couch was there saying that he's calling the lawyer to find out how he can help and stuff? Were you there? I know Matt was. I don't, uh, I, I think I've met Matt. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the particular thing, but no, it was, I've it was, met, it was, I think it I met was, Matt like one time. Yeah. His name keeps popping up all the time. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, well, Matt Couch was at the same hotel that I was at when I was checking in. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, he happened to be right there and I actually met him in person and, you know, it was great to see that he was still around. Um, after everything that, you know, his family's been through. But I guess, you know, some people just think that it, it's th that they're being fought because they're doing the right thing rather than understanding that um, they're being used. And that's, and that's the hardest thing. But anyway, we contacted postal inspectors about it. They. So uh, that, uh, so, but I called her up. Well, I ended up calling her up, right? And I tell her who I am and I find out, uh, I find out that uh, she's literally coming to D.C. to the uh, to that to the event uh, where um, she was literally going to be at that event or at that event uh, where Alex Jones attacked uh, Millie and Gavin. Right. But then I find out she tells me that, well, she's going there. She's kind of she's with Ali Akbar's group. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, you know. I actually have a, a, at that point, I said, well, you know, I was actually in a documentary that was attacked by Akbar. I'm like, do you know who this guy is? And she's like, uh, gets really defensive with me. Uh, like, uh, who are you? What do you, you know, and very, very, uh, actually from the beginning, she was very like, um, uh, but she was like, she's really messed up with a lot of problems in her life. Right. Uh, uh, she, she, she had some major problems, right? Uh, right. And I'm not going to go into these things. I really felt for her. I really kind of felt like God put me uh, on her path. So this was from April 23rd where we were telling you uh, about, um, you know, baby mama and Enrique Tario and what he did to this baby mama, his baby mama, right? So why am I showing you this? Because... <laughs> You're going to want to see this. And I freaking loved it. Hold on. I got the video not here. Damn it. Um, let me open it. Damn it. It went away. Give me a second. 
Okay, um, here we go. Okay, guys, brace yourselves. Okay, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be hilarious. So, brace yourselves. I say this again: brace yourselves. Um, because if you thought the tea time with Patrick and Tori was funny about um, Enrique Tarrio's love baby, which you know Proud Boys was taken over by an FBI informant who supposedly has values that you supposedly have too. Well, listen to this. Hold on. Let's get this. Let me make sure that it's on. There we go. Here we go. Hello, friends. God bless you, brothers. I'm sorry I can't be up there with you, but I am, uh, of course, in Vero Beach, just wanted to express my love and affection for you all and hope you have a wonderful time. And especially to my dear, close friend and really my, my inspiration, my reason for going on, dear Federique. I know we've had our differences. I know we've had philosophical differences of opinion, like should you pay child support? You say no, I say yes. Uh, should you try to force women into abortions because you want to run for Congress? You say yes, I say no. So we've had our differences. Should you pay to get the AC fixed so that your baby boy isn't sweltering in the Texan heat? You say no, I say yes. Differences between us are, well, there are almost too many to mention. But I've got some good news. I've got some good news. And the good news is that I've decided to, uh, decided to do you a favor. I've reached out to a lawyer in Texas, and we're in touch with the poor woman who you tried to manipulate and gaslight into killing your baby. And I think I'm going to adopt him because I'm growing quite fond of the little thing. Texas Yiannopoulos. Sounds good, doesn't it? So, uh, got my little Texan outfit ready to go. Getting quite excited by it. And, uh, yeah. What you won't do because you are a despicable human being. I'll do for you. Anyway, um, on a happier note, hope everybody has a wonderful time at the beach. Um, sorry I can't be there Saturday. No, it's just, uh, honestly, after a hard, after hard week's work, this is as much as I can do to even get out of bed in the morning. God bless you all. Love you to bits. And uh, see you soon. Okay, so now you understand how consistency in character, I guess. I don't know. I mean... He's not gay anymore, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's a personal thing. But his message is quite clear. You know, after Andy Breitbart left Breitbart, they got rid of Milo too. And that was, for me, a cinch. Uh, and that's what told me, hey. So speaking of discernment, right? <sighs> How do we know what the truth is, right? Um how do we understand who is true to their values and who's not? Yes, Milo was uh, an outspoken gay man. Now he says he's not. His choice, right? Um, you know, there was a study actually done in Europe that indicates that um, being gay is actually a lifestyle and not um, – is more about people being enamored with the lifestyle as opposed to the actual, you know, 
wanting men. Does that make sense? Um, they've actually done research on that, but whatever, that's his personal stuff. Let's stick to like the actual cultural atmosphere, the political atmosphere, you know, of what he puts out the, the simple values of pro-life pro speech pro everything is something that he's standard on. Uh, there's no, you know, even when he was married to a black man, right. He would say uh, pretty much, you know, why are we suddenly this hurt minority? There's no such thing. I mean, and have you guys watched videos in the eighties? I kid you not. If you watched a video of wham. Okay. And you thought, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the funniest thing ever was <laughs> when, when, when I was a kid, <laughs> Saturday morning, we would, we would watch cartoons, right? <laughs> So um, MTV, my mom put some MTV on because she wanted to just do, I think she was like building something. I don't remember what she was. She was doing something. And up comes a video of Wham, right? And there it is, music video of Wham. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the couch and my mom was jamming to it. And I was like, um, wow, this is a lot of gay guys. She's like, they're not gay. And I was like, um, <laughs> Totally are. What kind of man? <laughs> I just remember her facing. What do you know about gay people? And I was just like, um, <laughs> how can you not see that? Like, I, I urge you watch, watch all the old eighties music where the men are dancing. If that doesn't tell you that was the gay era, please stop. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remember my mom's face. Like, what do you know about gay people? And I was like, huh? obviously more than you. If you can't tell those cutoffs, scream. Okay. Like seriously. Um, sorry. Right. Ah, uh, so whew, that was a lifestyle that was brought on and it was all a planned lifestyle brought on with, uh, the insane pump of drugs we had from Mina, Arkansas, by the politicians. And we all know what role Chief Justice Roberts played in that out of, you know, Ohio. But regardless, um, what we need to, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm still laughing about it. But regardless, what we need to be able to do is discern things and understand how we can vibe with things. It's all about the vibe, right? And there was this um, video that I uh, wanted to kind of uh, show you guys. I, I showed part of it. Um, I think it was like last week at some point. I want us to watch it together and pay attention to what it says. Uh, and, and the thing is, I've said all this stuff in roundabout ways. But consistency in messages is key always. When uh, trying to discern uh, fact from fiction, you have to look at consistency uh, and the way it is uh, provided to you. That's, that's very important uh, because then you can understand if you're vibing with it or not. So this video is titled, Nikola Tesla was right. Why is no one talking about this? 
Here is a picture of an electron. There's a picture taken about a decade ago. They tell us that this is a light beam or electron riding a light beam. Can you see a particle anywhere in this picture? No, there's no particle. They're resonant waves and yet they tell us it's an electron. Can you see how we get brainwashed? I believe that this is all part of the agenda to keep us dumbed down and manipulated. So this is what Nikola Tesla has to say about the electron from an interview in 1928. On the whole subject of matter, in fact, Dr. Tesla holds the view that he disagrees with the concept of atomic theory of matter and does not believe in the existence of an electron as pictured by science. This is a shock to the system. And you start seeing an agenda being developed here, an agenda being developed by mainstream universities and mainstream scientific fraternity under the guidance of those that are trying to lie to us and make us believe things that are not so. This is what Einstein has to say about electrons. In the theoretical treatment of these electrons, we are faced with the difficulty that electrodynamic theory itself is unable to give an account of their nature. For since electrical masses constituting the electron would necessarily be scattered under the influence of their mutual repulsion unless there are forces of another kind operating between them, the nature of which has hitherto remained obscure to us. He doesn't quite understand how electrons come into being. There's another guy that we should pay attention to. At least Colin is the guy that built Coral Castle in Southern Florida. And he built Coral Castle with cone-shaped tools with no ropes and pulleys, big giant stones that weigh up to 30 tons on his own. And he tells us that millions of people all over the world are being fooled by the non-existing electron. And he has a lot more to say about this. And you start seeing that scientists and inventors and researchers over the last 200 years have been vehemently opposed to this whole concept of an electron and the atomic structure that has been forced down our throats and down through all our educational institutions that we just take for granted and we accept because we believe the guys that teach us this to be smart and they're not lying to us. We just accept the stuff. Dr. Mandir Samantha Lawton, who lives in Manchester, wrote this phenomenal book and I really suggest you get a copy of this if you can and read it. It reads like a novel. It's one of the best books you'll ever read called Punk Science. And she shows us that everything manifests as a torus in a toroidal field and including sound. And this is what sound looks like when it manifests as a toroidal field. Sound, just like everything else, manifests as a toroidal field, as a torus. And this is why when our hearts beat, we create a toroidal field around our body. And that toroidal field creates an electromagnetic field around our body. And so it goes. This is what the toroidal fields look like or that are created by the sounds we make when we speak. And phenomenal research and work has been done to show us what the different toroidal shapes and fields look like of different letters and different sounds, especially vowels. And then as we speak, these toroidal fields that we manufacture and we create with our mouths, infinite forms, infinite shapes, infinite creativity that we manifest actually become scalar waves and scalar technology that go into all of creation and permeate all of creation instantly. It doesn't take light years for the thoughts we have or the words we speak to permeate all of creation. It happens instantaneously because sound and resonance traverses all of creation instantly. Not like light that takes time to travel through what we believe to be the cosmos. And here are the toroidal shapes of color. 
incredible work shows us that the different kind of structures and toroids that color actually creates and how it manifests in different and the various sacred geometrical patterns that we've become familiar with. And here's a brilliant work of Eric Rankin. And I really suggest you watch his Sonic Geometry documentary. It's fantastic. It's just watch it. It's a half an hour long on YouTube. Watch that. It'll give you a lot more information. But this is how basic shapes, triangles and shapes in nature, how they all have sound and resonance, the sound of nature around us. Everything is sound and magneticism. This is really important. This is such an important little video that will change your perception of what our universe or what our reality around us is. Like how important a role magneticism plays in everything that surrounds us. You might not think of water as being magnetic, but it is. And so are graphite, aluminum, and glass. This is a new and different category of magnetism called either para or diamagnetism, and it's different from the magnetism that you're used to. You're probably already familiar with ferromagnetism. Ferro means iron. An unmagnetized piece of iron or nickel or cobalt becomes a magnet in the presence of a magnetic field. The effect is strong and lasts even after the magnet is removed. Paramagnetism is a similar effect, except that it's much weaker and temporary. Aluminum is a good example of a paramagnet. And so is oxygen, which is attracted to magnets. Here, I have a few milliliters of liquid oxygen, which sticks to the magnet. I'll explain why later. Gadolinium oxide and cupric sulfate are good examples of paramagnetic substances. Cupric sulfate is a salt that can be picked up by a magnet. Diamagnetic materials are exactly the opposite of paramagnetic. They are always repulsed. They would rather die than be in a magnetic field. An important example of a diamagnetic material is graphite. This specially made pyrolytic graphite is repelled by a magnetic field. Don't be confused. This is not static electricity or eddy currents. Graphite is repelled by a magnet, always, both by the north and south end. Pyrolytic graphite is a grown crystal of flat carbon layers which maximizes the diamagnetic effect. Of course, the best diamagnets are superconductors, which at low temperatures provide exact opposite repulsion to whatever magnetic field is present when they're chilled. They are perfect diamagnets. It gives you an idea how the nature reality around us, this is very important information, people, and we just don't get taught this stuff, you know? We don't think about it in that sense. In our eyes, we have rods and cones in our retina, right? What are the cones in our retina connected to? The optic nerve is connected to pineal gland. So somehow our pineal gland should be controlling our eyes and our optic nerve. And our pineal gland should be picking up all these other frequencies, the all-seeing eye of Horus, connecting us to everything, every frequency, and giving ESP ability and much more. We are the most advanced technological tools walking around on this earth. But what this all leads up to is that we should be able to do anything. We should be able to think anything and manifest it instantly. We are co-creators of our own reality. It's just spectacular. So now you start to understand that every time you look at something that's carved out in a rock or a symbol or the caduceus, everything carries its frequency. And actually, when you're looking at it, you're picking up the image and the sound is entering your subconscious through the fact that you're observing it and looking at it. So it has an effect on you. So when people say, oh, it's just a stupid symbol. No. It has a severe effect on you and your subconscious, but you're just not aware that it's affecting you because you're picking up the sound frequencies of that image. So if somebody shows you a finger, 
you're picking up the sign of that finger and the frequency of that image. It's an assault on you. Keep in mind, not only your thoughts are powerful tools, but the images and the words you write are powerful tools. The words that we write. This is why the original letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the 22 letters, are very specific shapes and sizes and forms. Each letter is actually a two-dimensional representation of the three-dimensional sound of that letter. The tools that have been given to us of thought, of language, of vocabulary, of letters, of the alphabet are powerful tools, and this is why wizards and witches could cast spells with their spelling, right? Cast spells, and we do spelling at school. So we're actually learning to cast spells without realizing what we're doing. And this stuff is just so brilliant. When you start breaking this knowledge and this information down, you get into the deeper understanding of the power that we have, the incredible, powerful beings that we are because we are one with God. We are one with the Creator. We come from the same creative source. And we are all imbued with all that knowledge and information runs in our DNA. Everything is connected through a fractal nature of resonance that creates magnetic fields and toroidal fractals throughout all of creation. So, speaking things into existence... A united America is an unstoppable America. See how they do it wrong? And I've said this many times. For me, to be able to allow truth to resonate, you must speak it. The truth can stand on its own. The truth stands on its own. And no matter how much dark, how much mud, whatever anyone says, in the end, it's like a beacon of light. You are simply attracted to it because you want truth. You don't want snarky commentary. I mean, we all love it, okay? Like, there are times, I kid you not, that I watch snarky commentary in my bed when I want to laugh, uh, when, I, when I assess what's coming, and I get very sad, sad at people throwing away the opportunity that they have in their hands right now, sad at seeing all these people thinking that they are uh, – that they don't have a voice, that they don't have a mean to take control of the narrative, that they feel that they are trapped, that they feel that they are overwhelmed. It is just an illusion. They, they are the ones overwhelmed. This is why they're constantly coming out with marketing and advertising and videos and everything. This, I, I, I tell you, I am always saddened by those thoughts, saddened even by people that are around me. Uh, people that I need to disconnect because their energy is vibing wrong. It's a desperation. And in desperation, people do very ugly things. And that is the concern that I have for many people out there, many of you that are listening to me right now that feel trapped. No one. You can change that because it is all frequency. And so it, it is important for us to understand when I speak unity, it has to be unity with truth. Bare naked, the way it is. No, no frills, no, no, you know, tutus and, and, and curls and pom-poms. It simply is. And today I wanted to showcase to you that, uh, as you saw from CNN, they're telling you exactly what the orchestration, this dance, this, this show that you are watching is. It is so well choreographed that you can't even discern that you are simply a spectator. The 
snarky commentary, the timed commentary, the timed statements that are being made, the timed leak of information being made, the listen to us, we'll break this down for you. What you need to understand is these people will not be able to walk outside. If you choose that, you are in command of your community. You are in command of your city. You are in command of your state. You are in command of your nation. The president told you that. He gave it back to you, the people, the day he was sworn in. The concerns that every single dictator on this planet has right now is that another Trump show up. Well, the original one didn't leave yet, so they know it. And no matter how much media, no matter how many pundits tell you it isn't so, no matter how many pictures they put up saying he's president, no matter how many trips he goes on, no matter how many segments he speaks, no matter how many videos claiming the White House, claiming he's president it is, he is not president if we do not say he is. And that's the key. Uh, you know, if you want to accept the reality that they've constructed, so be it. And we can play that game and dance and do the hokey pokey with them. until <laughs> we're like, yeah, so we're turning off this music right now because we don't really like that tune. That's the point. And the problem is, is that the more that you oppose their hokey pokey, right? And what was that dance that they always taught us in school back in the day? Um, was it the polka? dance? Was it polka dancing? I'm trying to remember. Um, on the classes that I took with kids my age, I think it was the polka thing where you would switch partners. Oh, the do do There we go. That's it. What we need to do is the do do with them, uh, right? We need to do the hokey pokey and the do do We need to dance to their music because that's all we can do. But then we can take the music and change it. Once we perfect their dance and we understand their steps, it's all choreographed together. We are unstoppable together. We can change anything we want. Remember we're still free on paper. And that is the point we resonate. That's the problem. This is why the disinformation is real. They're coming from every corner coming out and you know how they win. I'll tell you how they win. They infiltrate. And the way the infiltration works is not that they come in and they take over, but they dance with you. They dance and say the words you want to hear. The words that soften the hardship that you are feeling. They tell you what you want to hear. We're so upset. Yeah, I'm pissed too. But I'm not upset at what they're doing so much. I'm upset at everyone else that's allowing them to do it. This is the problem. This is why I say it's so ridiculous watching all these idiots that think they're the in crowd, that think they have control over what we should say. I mean, that CNN clip we watched where they were showing Fox and Newsmax and all these other right wing tell you that they're dancing the same dance CNN is, only they're the opposite partner of the dosi do. Okay. We don't need to dosi. What what is that? Oh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Oh, shoot. We need to. Uh, what's that dance called? Damn it! Come on, guys, help me out. You know um, that that new dance that they that they've I saw it on. So you think you can dance? Where they're like uh, crumping. There we go. 
We need to crump. <laughs> we need to crump for Trump. There we go. That's it. Crumping is like a really aggressive, you know, dance movement, right? We need to fuck up their dosy do with some serious crumping. Okay. That's it. Crumping. Wait, let me see if I can find a video on that because that, that should be interesting. Um, um, uh, crump dance style. Okay. Come on. Don't. What are you doing? Computer. I'm not liking this. Okay. Crump dance style tutorial. Let's see this crumping. Okay. I just, I, I just thought it would be awesome for you guys to see crumping. Yeah, that's what it's called with a K. So crumping is um, a type of dance style that shows aggression, like you're pissed, and you're like, "Nah, man, I don't like this beat. Uh, take it, uh, take it." That's what we need to do. So while all of them are dozy doing, right? We need to come in and crump for Trump. Hold on, let me. Um, my system's hanging. It's like they don't want me to show uh, what, um, crumping is. I think we should find, um, something super funny. Like, you know, <laughs> the prince, some chick that's going to show you how to crump. Cause that'll be funny. You know, when they have like these dance tutorials, have you seen them? I'm sorry. Like, okay. So now that's like a little bit trolly, right? But we need to crump. We need to learn how to crump. <laughs> Stop. Okay. See, the system won't even let me troll. Okay. It's like totally like stuck. I wanted to end it with a little bit of a laugh because sometimes humor helps us deal with it, but we really need, <laughs> what was it? Prancer size. Have you guys ever seen that video? Damn. Maybe after the crumping, we'll see the prancer size. Uh, cause that's, <laughs> that's, that's funny. All right, here we go. Oh, shoot. Great. The system wants to be slow and not work with me. <sighs> Seriously. Okay, there we go. Now it's going to, nope, now it's not working again. I'm so upset. Crump, crump for Trump. So we, we need to crump it. Um, I like that. I'm just waiting for this system to want to let me play. It's, it's not letting me play. Okay. Um, it's really stuck. Let me see if I can refresh this. Give me a sec. Okay. okay. So the minute I refresh, it'll work. Damn it. Why does it always do this? It's so annoying. I mean, you guys can hear me now. Okay. So this is better. There we go. Now I can do this. Let's trump for crump. Let's do the step-by-step -step trumping guide. Ready guys? Okay. Hi guys, studio's ready. Let's get ready to dance. Hi, I'm Julie. I'm a hip hop teacher from City Academy. Today I'm gonna to teach you how to body pop. We're gonna look at part of the tutting family and just give you a really simple type. <laughs> Let's break it down. So start with the hands together. You're gonna to lift one hand up to the other one. You always wanna keep your wrists as right angled as possible. You're gonna switch it. So Show you that one more time. So, like, this flexing. is hilarious. This is so um, hilarious. Hold on. Six, seven. Good. And one, two, three, four. Switch it, close it, roll it around. When you roll it around, you're going to roll it to get back I can't, to the original point. I can't. Okay, let's just watch some real crumping. Here we go. 
What's up, y'all? I'm B-Dash. I'm about to show you three crump categories to get you started with crump. Can I get, like, some street vibes going on around here? Nice. First, you need your balance. If you don't keep your balance, you will be slapping people all over the face. So the first thing you want to do, spread your feet out and your legs. You want to kind of just like get this slouch. You don't want to bend over too much or you don't want to lean too far back. This is like your analog. Make sure you're in control. I'm going to show you the shuffle. You're going to go both legs in. Your knees basically going to do this and you're on your heels. So don't do the ball of your feet. Don't do this one. You want to do the heels. Now, to make that a little more difficult, you're going to go ah. At the same time. So you want to go like hit, 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 hit. You want to do it as fast as possible. You want to get that like kind of like a one beat. So like one, two, you want to hit that like eh, eh, eh. Right? So since we on the stump, we're going to bring our legs even higher to our chest. And you want to make sure you stay in this balance because you don't want to look like this. It don't look too good, right? <laughs> and make sure you don't try to do it fast and be like this. You want to get the knee up to your chest. Cool. So now, you want to get this other balance position. This is good for like body control. You can look cool, see? You can look like, whoa, where I'm at. Then the last final one is to catch your balance. It's almost like a kickball change, but you want to fall and come back to the number one position. So if I'm here, here, boom, boom, follow me, all right? So on five, six, seven, eight, you want to go one, two, ka, da, da, all right? Seven, eight, nine. Eight, now you'll get why two, I'm saying two, this. Nice. After this. The second thing you want to do is your chest. You got three different ones. The first is a chest pop. It's not this one. So you want to trap the air, let it go. Trap, let it go. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Kind of like a heartbeat. Then the second chest pop, you want to inhale. It's all about frequency. Look Excellent. at what he's doing. You're doing all this stuff and you losing breath and you don't know what to do. you like, I'm super tired. So these are the moments you got to use with your chest. It's like really breathe, which is also good. You can move over and it can make you fall in different directions because it helps you like to look crazy. And that's where I get that from. Looks cool, but I'm breathing through my dancing. Then the third one, you want to go chest, shoulders up, and put on your jacket. That's the best way to you'll run first. So it's like, after this video, boom, I'll show you like you'll that. get and it. Eventually, you want to do it without your arms. You want to chest, just then your shoulders. So, boom. So first, second, third. Let me see it. Five, six, seven, eight. Boom. Hit. Boom. Cool. Third, your arms. And just to let you know, when you see these fingers, this is for talking. This is like your language. And you want to make sure you point right at each other because you don't want to look like cowboy games or something. This is a jab, straight. So you want to go jab, jab, jab. Your left should be just as strong as your right. You want to be like this the whole time in your round. And it's like, you need one of your left more, man. Oh, no. Then you got your arm swing. You got a baseball in your hand. And you throw it and you snatch it back. So it looks like this low, boom, snatch back. Or you can let it go. And you see how my body naturally follows? So you want to be here the whole time. Like. Since we went over all three categories, let's put those three together. So stump, chest, jab, jab, orange swing. You see now it's building up. So do that with me. Five, six, seven, eight. 
stomp, chest, jab, jab, swing. Yes, and that one's control. Now let's do a loose arm swing where our body follows. Five, six, seven, eight, stomp, chest, jab, jab, boom, boom. And now it's creating that motion, like woo, right? So cramping is, remember the video that I showed you earlier, which had how visuals are actually an assault on you. Fingers, images, structures, right? Well, here is why. This is something very ancient and old. Um, and I think a lot of you had seen this at a football game, a soccer game. But have you ever seen New Zealand soldiers do it? This is crumping old school. And what is the purpose of crumping? Again, visual. Visual, visual, visual. Here you go. Watch this. listening, they're watching Hakka. Hakka is a tribal type dance where they make themselves look scary to the other people. They dance, um, uh, you know, uh, very structured and aggressive, like the crumping that you saw where he was giving you the moves. The thing is the visuals that you portray are the visuals that are interpreted through your eyes. This is how you see it. So even watching these soldiers do it, you can see how some of them are steady, how some of them are strong. So why are we dosy doing? Why are we ballroom dancing to their tune when we can be strong like this? You can see that there's this one guy, no matter how hard he tries, <laughs> he's probably had way too much soy. You know, he can't convince you. It's, um, let me see if I can circle him. It's this guy right here. This guy right here. Um, in my mouse, I'm like circling his head, you know, he's doing the whole tongue thing out. Like, look, I'm scary. Blah. But when he dances, he's not firm. He's not assertive. He's not in control. And dancing is all about control. And when you orchestrate a dance, it's always about leading, following, leading, following. Well, uh, right now we're just spectators. Maybe we should just shift the dancing.
that's being in tune in the same frequency. Ever, ever see that before? See, that's how you get yourself prepared to be on the same frequency. When you are resonating on the same frequency, when you are strong and powerful together, you're intimidating. You are in control. And even though that's like kind of a, a war thing, right? It's, it pumps you. I mean, you know, science shows you, and I do this all the time, that when you're, I remember my first TED Talk. <laughs> I, was, I was so terrified because there, I, I walk in there, I'm wearing a T-shirt that um, had I, I, Adam Coitus, right? Super rude, right? <laughs> Whatever. It had, the, it had the letter I and then the Adam symbol, and then it said Coitus, like I heart Coitus, right? Um, which I just wanted to be funny, uh, jeans, um, slides and, um, uh, a ponytail. And I was, I, I wasn't overweight either, um, at that time. Cause I, I hadn't started my therapies and, um, so I'm like this little person and they were talking about this little person, me, uh, you know, behind, they were like, I don't know. I mean, I hear she's like, you know, big nerd and da da da, but she's outspoken. And I remember standing there and I stood there on the heels of my feet strong, put my hands in the Superman stance and looked up for like three minutes because I actually felt intimidated because uh, these were all waltz dancers, you know, on their tippy toes posing and, you know, doing their whole ballroom stuff. And um, I stood in that stance to make myself feel better. And everybody understands that posture also, uh, changes your outlook. I, I urge you today stand for like a few minutes in the Superman stance where you have your head up, shoulders back, hands on your hips, you know, like dun, da, da, dun, right. And just, and then just go about to do something like, even if it's something stupid, like cook or get in your car, you'll see that it will change the way, um, your vibrations are because your, um, the way you speak, walk, talk, uh, and what you see and how you interpret what you see is based on that. So I, I why am I saying this? <laughs> You're going to be like, damn, no wonder you did that show about what we see. Because as you see now, you're going to see it even more. The panic is on both sides. They're scared. So it's time that we start crumping for Trump and change this dance, this nice dance between right and left. We need to just get in there and crush it and be like, yeah, so we don't want to do your dance. We're doing our own and just called America first dance watch. And it's going to look something like that. So, uh, you know, this is a metaphor. I'm not saying a flash mob would be great, but nobody wants to see me crumping. Okay. So <laughs> just um, we need to change the tune. We need to change the song, change the dance, and take it in control. That's the way it is. So um, you're going to see how important that is in the next two weeks. It's going to be very important. So on that note, I'm going to have to say goodbye. I'm just doing a little bit extra rather than my normal two hours, uh, only because, you know, we did miss a few. And I think I should have done that show before. But um, hopefully I can make sure that I have 
everything I need uh, during all these travels that I have coming up. So I think that I want to end this with a little bit of Russian collusion music. So let's go with script tonight. God bless everyone. See you tomorrow.